For today's episode, we have a very special guest. She is an entrepreneur, jewelry designer, spirituality and law of attraction YouTuber, and my personal friend and inspiration, Lior Alexandra. Lior has created a community of over 500,000 strong across almost all social media platforms, bringing people together from all walks of life and locations on our earth. In this episode, we discuss spiritual awakening, facing your darkness, the power of love, spiritual businesses, and much more. I hope you will enjoy this episode. It was a pleasure recording it for you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm Isabel Palacios and I specifically created this podcast to empower and inspire you to create your best life and live a positive existence. Join me as I interview incredible people, share my journey, discuss the law of attraction, and guide you into your greatest version. May you always remember your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. So open your mind and your heart, get comfortable, and let's get into it. All right. So I am so excited for today's guest. We have the beautiful Lior Alexandra, who is always such a light. And if you guys don't know her, she is such an incredible creator and just an inspiring woman all around. And Lior, I was trying to brainstorm what to talk about during this podcast, but we can honestly touch on so many things. Um, so I just wanted to start off by asking you, how are you doing? How are you doing right now with all that's going on in the world? First of all, thank you for having me on. You know how much I love taking back your power. I love your podcast. The Great Awakening episode was amazing, by the way. Was that thank the last one? Thing? Yes, it was. Thank you so much. First of all, it's been a while and I can't wait to have you back on for because everybody loved conversations yeah. on, on the channel. So I can't wait to have you back on there. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. There's a lot of, obviously we're all being triggered, right? And I'm not an exception. There's a lot of triggering happening. I really miss my grandparents. Mm -hmm. I'm really, really close to them. And now it's been over two months that I haven't been able to hug them. And that's just been really hard for me. That's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm dealing with today. Uh, other than that, I'm doing well. I'm learning a lot. I'm becoming more aware of different ways to help people understand what's happening in the world right now. So everything's good. How are you, babe? <laughs> I'm doing good. I, I think I take it day by day, um, but I totally understand where you're coming from about the grandparents thing. I was FaceTiming my grandfather yesterday and he's like, I don't know, this has never happened before in my lifetime. He's 80, 84. And it's just so, I don't know, it makes you feel some type of way to hear somebody at that age say that. It's like, wow, right. we are really going through something right now. And over time, we will be able to see our grandparents and they really do miss that connection mm -hmm. for sure, um, which is so I heartbreaking so to think about. It's so, I go and see my grandma outside and I, she just wants to run and hug me. And I know she just turned 90 and I wasn't even able to be with her when she was on her 90th birthday. Oh, and wow. it just, it's hard. It's really hard. And that that lack of human connection in that sense is really hard. We I feel like in California at least there's been a lot of rebellion lately. <laughs> so we'll see how that happens, how that goes. But yeah, I have high hopes for the future. So I think we're everything's gonna be great. Yeah. What do you think is is going to happen after we get through this period? Okay, well that is kind of a difficult question to answer because I think it depends on the individual, right? Mm -hmm. I think that and 
just to jump right into this, I think that <laughs> at all times, there are infinite numbers of possibilities and realities and realms that we have access to. So every choice that we make, every right turn we make, every left turn we make, we are setting ourselves up and subtly shifting to a different timeline. Hmm. So I think that for each individual, the future of how everything's going to look is going to look different. Now, where we are right now, you and I, where we're speaking, um, whoever's listening to this is on a specific frequency themselves. So they will go in the trajectory, in the direction of that frequency at that timeline. And I know that that seems kind of convoluted, but base, it's very simple. It's based on where you are where the person is. So if we have high hopes for the future, I see, and, and if you believe, you know, in the things that, you know, you and I have been talking about a lot and the great awakening and all this stuff that's happening and understanding more about like the occult practices in our lives right now that we haven't been privy to, that we haven't seen and the symbolism and everything. I think that with this awareness that we're having, with this great shift in consciousness, I think the future really can look incredible. Like a total rewriting of society, of the financial system, of education, everything just kind of being burned down to the ground because of all this, everything that's happening and rebuilt in a better way. That again, depends on the individual, what we're doing. If we're feeding, you know, fear into this egregore, this thought form that is the, the COVID virus and everything that's, um, happening in the world right now, all the fear, we're not going to end up in the, the best, the most optimal reality. Hmm. We might see things just returning back to normal, back to how they were before. But then again, I do believe that the earth and the universe has checks and balances and it has ways of ensuring, like if we're not going to do the work, we're going to be forced to do the work. Hmm. And we're here right now Let's see how much work we can get done before something else has to happen to get us on track again. Does that make sense? (laughs) No, it makes perfect sense. So what would you recommend to those who want to join that optimal timeline, who want to aid in the awakening? It's actually so much more simple than most people would expect because life doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't, we don't have to like cast these spells and do these rituals and do all this crazy stuff in order to get to the timeline. It's basically about being kind to yourself and other people, having expectations of good for the future on a physical level. It's, it's having some sort of practice, spiritual, looking at your life as a spiritual practice. So that's what we're being called to do right now. Instead of living so physically like we have for thousands of years now, especially the last 150 years, living more spiritually. So seeing that you don't need to do anything to become spiritual, you just need to start looking at your life as a spiritual practice. So every interaction with every person is there to help you to grow, to become a better person, be kinder and more compassionate and more patient with other people. And to be kind and compassionate and patient with yourself. It's not all positivity and love, right? There's a lot of darkness that comes with this. A lot of people are in fear. It's rather than feeding the fear, it's coming back to love. Looking at other people as your family. I think in the beginning of this pandemic, we distrusted one another. And if there was anything to make people distrust each other, it's 
a global health crisis, right? Don't come around me six feet away, stay away from me. You might be sick. You might hurt my family because you're asymptomatic. Um, You're stealing all the toilet paper, all the groceries. It, it, It really put us against one another, but there were unintended consequences. And those were people suddenly getting together and we're all in on this together and, and, cheering each other on and helping each other. And humanity showed its true nature. There were bursts and these flowerings of compassion and love and kindness and, and humanitarianism and people raising money and all this beautiful stuff. It's basically focusing on the good. The news is blasting us with negativity. It's blasting us all day long. These people are dying. All this negative stuff is happening. On the individual level, if we can just keep bringing ourselves to the good, to the light, continuously choose the light, that's enough to to be on that timeline, to be on that frequency, to not run yourself sick, right? Trying to keep up with the old paradigm. Yeah. And that makes so much sense. And I would love to hear your theory on this, on duality, you know, when we have people who are in fear. You were talking about at the beginning, we were all very united. You know, we were all together fighting, you know, the virus and and protecting everyone's health and all that. Now there's kind of more of a divide, kind of like the red pill, blue pill kind of Mm -hmm. idea. And some people getting really upset because some people are seeing this in a different light or they're seeing that in a different light. And there's people who are fighting within their families and their friend groups on what's going on and the great awakening. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the way to get through that and Mm -hmm. create the optimal timeline? Yeah, I think ultimately, if you transcend all the physical stuff that's happening here, what I always go back to is the one truth that I know to be true. I know this because I've seen it. I've been there. I've been to these realms. And it's something that's difficult to understand or to accept unless you've seen it, but all we can, all I can ask is trust those gurus and those authors and those near-death experience people that have all shared their stories, that have all seen that peak of enlightenment, and they've all seen the same thing, and that is that everything is perfect. No matter what it's looking like on the outside, um, there's all this polarity, right? And there's good and bad, and like people against each other, and tension, and all this stuff. Ultimately. It's happening because we chose it to happen. We chose to this earth to experience exactly what we're experiencing. So if you have a member in your family that's sticking to their beliefs, that they're very rational, very STEM-minded, right? Like science, technology, which is all amazing. It's fine. We need, we need that in humanity also. Just realizing that we have free will and we chose to come here to experience exactly what we're experiencing. And if there is that duality and that tension, it's perfect because where we actually come from, we don't have that kind of tension. We don't get to experience that. Again, on an individual level, if you're experiencing that with your friend group or your family, your community or your culture, just kind of smiling to yourself and being like, you know, this is awesome. Like we all have free will. They can do what they, what they want to do. I'll do what I want to do. The thing is, when you align to your optimal timeline frequency, you'll see that those people's opinions change because what you're doing is you're aligning to that higher version of them. That duality, it's going to lessen actually. The density is going to lessen there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see people like, um, I, I don't know if you've seen this in your life, about I'm sure we talked about this. Like I've seen people in my life that used to look at me like I was crazy <laughs> coming to me and asking questions and saying, 
you know, I found out about my starseed origin, like people I used to work with Mm. at E! News and people I grew up with, like uh, my friend group, suddenly asking me questions about aliens and about the Great Awakening and Agenda 21 and all these things. And they're so open to it. And they're like, well, what do we do? And they're so trusting that everything's going to actually work out. So what's happening is my responsibility to keep my vibration and my frequency high enough to perceive these things happen. Mm -hmm. So when we have these altercations and (laughs) conflicts with people, rather than feeding into them with our energy, just observing them and coming back to like how cute humans are. We're so freaking cute. We're so cute how we argue and we fight and we have opinions. We have really strong opinions and we hold them really, really dear to us, right? It's so cute because none of it really actually matters. It doesn't matter. We just came here to play this video game that is humanity, that is Earth. Thank you for diving into the awakening part of it. Um, We could talk about this all day, honestly, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about you and, you know, kind of share a little bit about where you are right now in your spiritual journey or how you got to be where you are now, you know, from little Lior to now who you are. How did that look for you? Okay, so little Lior was very spiritual. She was really connected to her past lives, really connected to Egypt, really connected to Greece and all these different places, a lot really connected to like natural magic and things like that too, like working with the elements. I um, repressed all that heavily going into my teenage years because you want to be cool, you know, you want to be popular, you want, you want people to, to like you. And I was really, I was no, like people really liked me when I was like a preteen, but I was known as like, she's weird. She's a little weird, you know? <laughs> So I repress that a lot. And I think that society forces us to repress those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was 14, I was in the Calabasas Barnes & Noble Library. And I picked up The Law of Attraction Teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of catapulted me back to that aspect of spirituality. And I think that Law of Attraction is a really good way for a lot of people to start their spiritual journey. So it kind of gave me a format. And I think it's really interesting to me that most people, I think that book is the biggest indicator of level of consciousness and of awareness, because I don't know if, I don't know if you read that specific book, Isabel. No, I actually haven't. Okay. So that one is, they very explicitly explain that the, that the information is channeled by an ultra-dimensional being, by somebody who's Mm non-physical. But that part just went over my head. And I think that that part goes over many people's heads, actually. And they think that this is kind of like an Abrahamic uh, religion kind of teaching in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of people more comfortable with it. So I was more comfortable with it at the time because of that. I didn't even have the capability of understanding, oh, this is channeled information from somebody who's not in body. So I got deep into law of attraction. I've been you know, working with it since I was 14. So 13 years now, um, teaching my friends how to use it. We're all manifesting on AOL and AIM. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's crazy. I love that. So that's, that's what really brought me back into it. And then when I was in my early 20s, I had um, a non-abiding awakening which is basically a split second. For some people, it could last weeks, actually. For some people, it's a split second. The length of time differs for 
everybody. But when it's non-abiding, it means that it doesn't stay. I had a flash of enlightenment, a flash of it. And it happened two times. It's a split second. I didn't have the word for it at the time. I had no idea what it was. And at the time I was on antidepressants and anti-anxieties and I was drinking and I was in a bad relationship. I wasn't in a spirit. I wasn't a spiritual person at all. Mm-hmm. I'd even forgotten about the law of attraction and everything, but I was given this like this gift of grace, like the divine tapping me on the head and like, look, this is what's real. I saw that we are true. And mind you, like now, all these years later, of course, this is what I talk about all the time. This is what I believe. But back then, this was mind blowing to me. This was not something I read, not something I studied, not something I was into. Oneness. I didn't know what oneness was. What the hell is oneness? Sorry. <laughs> what, is, what, what is, what is, we are all one. So basically what I saw in this split second of, a, of um, enlightenment of awareness is we are all one. And I saw the world scoped out. I saw the entire earth and I was this loving awareness. I was a part of it. Not, but I wasn't only a part of it. It was also my father and my mother and my family not my physical father, mother, family, it was this energy. It was like this loving, loving energy. And it was showing me, it's like, look, you're the same thing as all this. Look at this tree. That's you. Look at this person. That's you. Wow. And then it gave me this flash of like all these scientific theories and these math issues. And in that moment, in that split second, I was like, oh, it all makes sense. I understand all of them. I understood everything, everything. I had the answer to everything. It also showed me that there is only one answer to everything. And that one answer is love. Take that as you will, but love is the only answer. And like, there's all these songs about it. There's all these books that we read about this. Like love is everything, right? One, we're all one. We're all one family. It's actually the truth. It's all these different people who have been given that momentary spark into the truth bringing that truth and it all lines up there's never any it, it just all aligns right it's not this chaotic is, it's an ordered it's exactly. together yeah so everything is perfect we're all connected literally like i am you you are me we are connected we're always going to be connected we've known each other for lifetimes time doesn't exist space doesn't exist and ultimately everything is perfect so i saw the world and i saw the wars and the chaos and the poverty and the the violence and everything. And I felt this loving presence that's like, oh, all going according to plan. Hmm. It's all perfect. Imagine all that in a split second, right? And it happened as I was reaching for the doorknob of my front door. I was going to my boyfriend's house. I was leaving <gasps> to. So I'm just reaching for this doorknob. And I get this split second of like, I'm not even in time, right? And I get all this information. So it happened two times and I can never remember. One time I burst out laughing and I just kept laughing. And then the other time I burst out crying. So I don't remember which one this time was, but whatever my reaction was, I went along with my day. Mm. And I went to my boyfriend's house and we went to a club that night and I got drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So it didn't change me. That's the thing about a non-abiding awakening. It doesn't change you, but it does plant a seed and it planted a seed. Hmm. And I think that was one of the reasons why my life took the course that it did. Wow. Um, Yeah. So that's amazing. And I think that we often have these experiences and we don't 
take action on them. You know, usually we tend to rationalize things in kind of a scientific way, or especially when it comes to these really dark moments that we go through and deep suffering that we go through. Do you want to talk a little bit about the dark night of the soul and how, you know, suffering leads to enlightenment and all these different things that we were shut off or conditioned not to focus on? Totally. Yeah. So that's a really good um, aspect of spirituality to focus on also because, you know, after all this non-abiding awakening and stuff, years go by and I'm teaching law of attraction on YouTube and life is nice. Things are going on an upward trajectory. Um, but I'm seeing spirituality as like love and light and rainbows and positivity. Be positive and everything will be okay. And then the darkness wasn't integrated into that, right? So it's not stable. It's not sustainable. In every spiritual journey, you've got to be initiated by going through the darkness. And that's the dark night of the soul. You have got to go in the trenches, see yourself, really see yourself, because most people can't see themselves. We can't see ourselves until somebody points something out about us, or we have all these blind spots, or we suppress all these things from childhood and in certain trauma and integrating those shadows and that darkness and allowing them to be a part. A lot of these things that we've suppressed for so long, like I've suppressed so much of myself, especially in my teen years, I was suppressing a lot and that resulted in a lot of darkness back then, like dark thoughts. I was on antidepressants, like suicidal, crazy things. Um, and spirituality saved me from all that. You can't just go all the way to the light and pretend like the darkness doesn't exist. Mm. So you have to face your fears. And the more that we run, the dark night of the soul will last as long as you run from it. Mm -hmm. The dark night of the soul is when you, it it manifests in different ways for different people. For me, it manifested in being so open. My third eye was so open and I was so vibrationally, energetically open that I was being attacked by lower vibrational beings constantly, all day long. If I took a nap, I would be, my soul would be dragged away by it with one of them. And that's hard to understand for anybody who hasn't experienced like a sleep paralysis demon attacking them. But these things happen. <laughs> yeah. And I hope it never happens to you, but like, you know, that's going to manifest in different ways. For some people, their life, their physical life could fall apart in the dark night of the soul, right? Relationships could be torn apart. They could lose things. For some people, it's not even that difficult. It just depends truly on what you need and not being afraid of it. The the thing is The more afraid you are and the more you run away from that darkness, the more it's going to chase you. And just you have to understand that whatever your dark night of the soul is, if it's depression, if it's anxiety, if it's feeling worthless, if it's being left by somebody that you love, if it's your twin flame breakup or whatever it is, you have to face it. And the sooner that you face it, it's your initiation. The sooner you're going to be on the other side and you're going to be kicking ass and you're going to be powerful and magical manifesting things like that and just fully deeply in your power because you faced your own darkness and nothing else could tear you down once you face your own darkness nothing's bigger than that there is nothing bigger than facing your own darkness so i think it's absolutely crucial to face your own demons those those lower vibrational beings that i was facing they're ones that i had created my entire life through my own thoughts and my own repressions. I just had to deal with it. I had to go through. Mm -hmm. Does that answer the question? Yeah, Yeah. beautiful. And it's about seeing those dark entities as aspects of us. 
you know, and not shutting away from the dark parts of us. And I'm that type of person where, I mean, you could say it's a Pisces thing, but we feel very deeply, you know, in, in darkness, we feel the the, the heaviness very deeply and we feel the happiness very deeply. Mm -hmm. The thing is that we often, we push away the negative feelings and those emotions because we're taught in spirituality. Oh, it's, you know, you're supposed to be positive. You're supposed to think a certain way. If you're feeling anxiety, you know, you're not aligned, but you're saying go into the darkness, face the darkness. Lean into it, face it, because then it will stop chasing you and you can integrate it. And then it's not like, like taking antidepressants and and anti-anxieties, which numb the pain. It's healing the pain, truly healing it, unrooting the problem, and then rerooting new ways of being, new neural pathways, right? Planting new seeds. But you got to face yourself. You can't numb it. You can't run from it. Whatever is plaguing you right now, turn around, stop running away from it, turn around and face it head on. The only way. I couldn't sleep for six to eight months. I couldn't sleep until I finally started to face my fears. And then overnight, it's like, okay, you're good now. You're good. You've, you've faced your darkness. You're, you've been initiated. You've been initiated into your true self. And that's the key. And each one of us has that, our own individual pathway to getting there. It's not going to be the same for every person. Mm-hmm. So what kind of practices, for example, did you take on? to face your darkness? What did you do? Did you change your routines? What, how did that look like for you? So for me, I, I attacked it from every which way. For a while, I was running away from it. What, the way that I was running away from it is I was sleeping with all the lights on and I would, be, I would go to sleep, falling asleep with either Aaron Dowdy on FaceTime with me or my mom on FaceTime. They'd be on FaceTime the entire night. I couldn't sleep unless they were, un, unless they were with me like that. So that's how I would run away from it. So of course, the way to face it is I go to sleep by myself, my phone's in another room, all the lights are off, okay? And I had to figure out, I had to take back my power. And for me, it's such a like, it's, it was pretty physical of a, an initiation, right? I had to test every night. How am I going to stop being afraid of these things? How am I going to protect myself? And it was trial and er- error every night. And there were nights where I would, I was paralyzed in fear and there's entities in my room and it's terrifying, but I learned step-by-step. I learned this and that, like, first of all, breathe. These are just aspects of yourself. They can't actually harm you. They're just scaring you. And the more fear you feed them with, the more physical they can become, the more dense they can become, and the more they suck at your soul. So this would happen. I would become paralyzed. I, I experienced sleep paralysis almost nightly during this time. And rather than freaking out, I'd start breathing, just deep breaths. And when I would hear things, cause it's audible, sometimes you see them, sometimes you even smell things. It's very interesting mm-hmm. um, how, how our mind works and how these lower vibrational entities or inorganics, how they work. What I found worked for me is kind of like developing a relationship with them where when they come in, I just breathe through it and I don't feed them my, my fear. And I'm just like, you can't harm me. I'm, I'm in my power. For a while, I was trying different things out. Like I was calling on Jesus. I'm Jewish, you know, I'm Jewish. <laughs> I was trying everything. I was literally trying everything. 
for me, I think because I don't have that relationship with the archetype that is Jesus and with that figure, it, that didn't work for me. A lot of people commented saying that, that would work. What works for me is every night before bed, praying, doing a prayer. Mm-hmm. So I pray before bed now. I still do it even though I'm, I, I know I'm safe. And I developed a relationship with my spirit guides and my like, angels from heaven. So I talk to them and I just ask, you know, protect me tonight. Let me sleep peacefully. And I haven't experienced sleep paralysis probably since last June. So almost a year now. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And it was really harming my life. I wasn't sleeping. I would only be able to go to sleep when the sun goes up. It was tough. It was really tough. And that was my initiation. I had to claim my power back. I had to be like, and one of the things that I say at night during these times when I was going through this process is I'm a sovereign being. I'm the one with power. Nobody else. I'm going to be protected. I'm going to sleep peacefully tonight. Nothing can harm me. I am safe. And little by little, I, I got my power back. My situation is very metaphysical. It's very mystical, right? I'm dealing, I'm literally fighting like lower vibrational beings. It's like in a movie. Mm-hmm. But that can happen to people on a very physical level. Like what person is sucking you dry of your energy? Or, you know, what abuse are you suffering from somebody in your life? be a very physical thing. It doesn't have to be metaphysical like mine, like I'm fighting off demons. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think that most people, a lot of people, especially the people, you know, our our viewers and our listeners, they tend to see things in a physical sense. You know, what I'm dealing with this negative person or I'm going through this breakup and I'm suffering, especially people who are dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. And that's something that I've always been in the school of thought where your sufferings are not something to be ashamed of. It's not something Mm -hmm. to be angry or hate yourself or hate your life over. It's literally our teachers, you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes Mm -hmm. the emotions, we identify so much with our emotions and we don't realize that our emotions are, say, okay, it's like a symptom, you know, something bigger. So that's very interesting. And thank you for sharing that. Um, And we spoke about this, I think, when we met in person. Yeah. You told me about all this and it's just so beautiful to see how you've created your platform and you've shared all these experiences so openly with people And that's how we help, you know, by sharing with each other. So thank you. And I wanted to also ask you, talked about this in your conversation on your channel about, you know, God and the Abrahamic religions. You know, you were raised Jewish. I was raised Catholic. And we have delved into a spiritual side, the new age, as people like to call it. I I really don't like to call it a specific term. You know, when people are like, oh, this is new age, this is this. I'm like, is it really a specific thing? You know what I mean? It's, it's such a right. personal spirituality, so personal to each person. So I would like to hear how you balance that out, you know, being raised mm-hmm. Jewish and, you know, being open to all these other spiritualities. Well, I'll say, first of all, that I there's this meme or this quote that I saw on Instagram that summarizes this pretty well. Like our way is not new age. It's ancient. Mm-hmm. It's actually more ancient than the Abrahamic religions. It really is. It goes back to the beginning of time. So we can call it new age because it's resurfacing, sure, but it's ancient and it's time tested. Um, the way that I balance all this is um, I had a really, really profound and deep deepening of my awakening process last November when I 
finally realized that the reason, okay, so this is the thing about identity. A lot of us believe that our identity, that we chose it and that we are creating our identity. And it's going to take a lot of insight to realize that, no, we are given our identity. We were given it when we were born. Mm. I had all these under, all this understanding of life, of love, of relationships, family, culture, tradition, and religion that I truly held on to so tightly and tried to live up to. And here in LA, there's a very tight-knit Israeli-American community. And I was really never like them, but I always wanted to be. And I, and I thought that I, I thought I wanted to be, right? I thought like, this is, I want to be like them. These are my people. I want to be like them. And not until November did I have this stripped away from me when I realized that this was never something I chose. And I've been making myself depressed trying to see things the way that they do. I went through a stage in life where I was very religious, very, I was trying to keep in Judaism, you keep Shabbat, which means Friday night to Saturday night, um, no electronics, no cookie, no, it's a day of rest. Mm -hmm. And I was um, super religious for a while. And the reason why that felt so good to me, because it did feel really good to me, is because suddenly I developed this relationship with God. But the relationship was what I was into, not so much the teachings of Judaism, right? It was that suddenly I'm talking to God, and I hadn't been doing that before. I, I, I didn't do that before. So what I got out of becoming really religious is a newfound conversation and way to speak to God. And then over time and up until this last November, I was still trying to become this thing, this epitome of um, Israeli-American Jew doing all these cultural things. And these, I love culture. I think cultures are beautiful. I love all cultures, though. That's why my own spiritual practice kind of takes from all these different traditions and all these different philosophies and religions and uh, practices and merges them together into how I live my life. I had to understand that my identity was given to me. It wasn't something that I actually wanted to be. And when I realized that, I could suddenly breathe again. Mm. I felt so relieved. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to be this. I've only been trying to do this to make other people accept me. I have my own relationship with God. And honestly, what happened was I was at Rhythmia last November. I don't know if you want me to explain yeah, that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah so... So I was at Rhythmia in Costa Rica and, and it's this retreat where you do plant medicine, you do ayahuasca. It's my second, it was my second time there. And that was what really stripped me of that identity. And suddenly I was free. Like I was Lior. I was me. I was, I wasn't what some other people wanted to wanted me to be. And I realized that this identity that I thought I wanted for so long, I had never wanted. And I was suffering trying to keep up with it. So basically what I learned then is that what's really important is to not live your life for other people, but to live your life for yourself. And if your definition of God and spirituality is a little bit different from your cultures, you're going to be a happier person. And other people are going to like you more if you just live your life the way you want to live it. What I've noticed since allowing myself to be me is those people that I try to impress so much Suddenly are actually impressed by me. 
(laughs) (laughs) Suddenly when they see the real me, when I'm not trying to be something for them, they're like, oh, well, this is really interesting. Can you tell me about this? And this is cool. And I can't believe you're doing this. And all these things that I had wanted them to say to me for years and that they weren't saying because I was desperately trying to fit what I thought they wanted me to be. Yeah. Pleasing your cultures and pleasing your your religion and the community is a big thing for a lot of people. So I basically had to just completely, oh, right. So, so at Rhythmia, um, one of the nights in ceremony, I had an experience where mother Mary was with me again, more of these boundaries breaking down with my Jewish religion. Right. And that's not to say that I'm saying like, I'm following any other religion right now. It's not, I'm still Jewish traditionally and culturally, but I'm understanding more about these archetypes and these energies that exist in the world. And Mother Mary is one of them. And she came and she was with me all night. And she showed me the love of the feminine side of God. And that's when I was like, oh, wait, God isn't a man. (laughs) What? This, This is so outdated. This is so ridiculous that we only see God's masculine side. How can we be a balanced society if we only see God as a masculine, where's the feminine? How can you birth creation? How can you be a creator without the mas- masculine and the feminine? Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, I can't believe I have, like with all my awareness, right? With all my consciousness, it took me this long to understand that there's more to God than just the masculine, than just the patriarch. And yeah, so that's, it's just more awareness and more acceptance and more allowance, allowing me and allowing us to be ourselves, Mm -hmm. that permission slip. You know, you put into words exactly how I feel. I feel the same way. And as we expand our consciousness and, you know, you first learn about the law of attraction, that's like the first step you expand to other parts. And I think that spirituality, not seeing it in such a same way, like the church teaches, it allowed me to see God in a different light and have more relationship with God and the creator and the earth in general. I don't, you know, see people from other religions as demonic or, you know, any of these things. Other. I see the, Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other like separation, you see, you become part of the oneness that is God, that is creation. It's, it's such a difficult thing I know to put into words how we view God because, you know, people say, oh, you think that you're God and you think that you, you know, and they say that it's blasphemy or all these different things. And <laughs> it's like, no, it's not about that. It's not about the ego. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not ego driven. It's about suppressing the ego, suppressing that idea of separation, that we're different, that we're not this oneness and becoming part of the oneness. And that's how I see it. And I know that you see it like that as well. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I want to, these last few minutes that we're together, I want Mm -hmm. to answer some of the questions that were submitted on Instagram. (laughs) So Lior's on Instagram at Lior Alexandra. I'm at Isabel V. Palacios for those of you guys who want to connect with us. Um, So we have lots of great questions, a lot of questions. Holy cannoli. Um, So let's see. Izzy Constante asked, how do you use your vibration when you feel lost in life? This is the thing. I think that people make the law of attraction and energy and spirituality a lot more convoluted and difficult than it has to be. So if you feel lost in life, what you got to do is return to your center, return to your balance. 
Return to you. You can't find the answer outside of you. So the answer is always going to be in taking care of yourself, coming back to yourself, doing things that make you feel good. When you feel good, you align to the frequency of love, gratitude, joy, bliss. And on that path, there is no being lost. You're going to be guided. So you use your frequency by aligning to the optimal frequency, which is that of love and gratitude. So by practicing loving yourself, loving others, giving gratitude for other people, giving gratitude for everything that you have in your life, you enter this frequency and then wait to be guided. Listen for the guidance. And it's going to lead, it's going to open doors. It's going to lead you exactly where you're meant to be. You don't need a map. You just need to trust. Hmm, Beautiful. I love that. What moment in your life made you realize that helping and guiding people is what you're meant to do? Alexandria asks. I don't know if there's a specific moment. I know that there's a, there was a specific moment where I was like, I, I was working on Daily Mail and I was sick of it. I was like, I'm writing eight articles a day about there's literally a meme of one of my articles out there. Daily Mail. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I was, oh my God. Daily Mail, E-News, TMZ. <laughs> um, so there's this meme of one of my articles because I had to write about, I don't remember what celebrity it was, but she was jumping over a puddle in the rain and they made me write a full article on that about her jumping over a puddle. So it's a meme out there. You can find it somewhere. But <laughs> I think that's right about the time where I woke up and I was like, I'm not doing anything to help humanity. This is not what I'm meant to be doing. I'm writing about Kim Kardashian's butt and about JLo's boyfriends and nothing I'm doing is actually making a difference. Mm. And that's when I was like, okay, I have things to say. I got to do this YouTube thing. I have things to say and I want to be what other YouTubers were for me. So it started with that. And then as my spiritual practice deepened, my motivators and drivers changed, which we've talked about before. Um, And I realized that what drives me and what motivates me is not a bigger house, a nicer car, more money, more this, more that, like private jets. That just isn't what my idea of success is. What my idea of success became through my my spiritual awakening and my journey, it's um, bringing people together community, healing, all of us together collectively, and just human interaction. Because I know what it's like now to have money. And I know what it's like now to connect with people. And I know what actually feels good. Mm-hmm. I know what, what's actually real and why I came to this world. And I think that a lot of us, especially the people attracted to this kind of content, have those same aspirations. It's like bringing people together and real human connection and playing this game of life fully engaged. Mm. And that's, that's kind of what drove me here. What brought me here. Yeah. And I love how your business, your jewelry business, Alchemy by LA is so much about helping others, you know, literally creating healing amulets, you know, the goddess amulet, all these beautiful amulets that you created. (laughs) And it just goes to show that you, yeah, it's beautiful. And that's the thing we have to balance, you know, business and making money plus being spiritual. You know, people think that businesses can't be spiritual, but your Mm -hmm. business literally helps people create that connection. Everyone who wears your amulet feels connected to everyone else wearing it, you know, and Mm -hmm. and that's so magical. Just like on a side note, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your business and how, how that came to be. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that especially right now in the 
um, this time of the planet, spiritual businesses are going to be blessed and pushed forward no matter what. Um, it started, it's, it's, it was all a download. It was all a gift from God. Literally it was a gift from God because my dad is in the jewelry business in downtown LA over here. And he always wanted me to start like some sort of company. And I just said, I'm not into it. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. But there was this one time, I think it was in 2018 or 2018, where I was looking for a gold coin to wear. I just wanted a gold coin. And I was, I was researching online and all I could see really was ones that had like um, Catholic symbolism on them. Mm-hmm. At the time, that just wasn't something that I, I wanted to wear at the time. Now, now I really would happily do that. But I remember just, I was like, I really wish there was something like that. And then I went to lunch with my dad the next day and he's wearing what ends up being the balancing amulet. He's wearing this, this, this talisman that was found in Tiberius in Israel, um, in the Middle East. He made it into this, into a, a solid gold necklace and it was beautiful. I was like, Abba, I love that. He gets up, takes it off his neck and puts it on me. The way that it happened was so synchronistic. And then I started wearing it in my videos and people were asking about it all the time. And I started the business on my childhood bedroom floor putting my energy into each one of them and um there was a need for this and I think that I really think that most of the things that I've accomplished in my life have just been these higher divine energies wanting to come into manifestation and they see like you're you're an available host you're gonna work with us we want to give this gift and this power to mankind here do this make this work and of course it's blessed if it wasn't blessed, like I wouldn't be, have been doing it for the last two years now. I think that when we get these ideas that everything just works out perfectly, we have to follow them. We have to nourish them. And when they come from divine alignment, which I didn't know that at the time, I was just following step by step what felt right, right? Mm-hmm. Looking back, it's like divine alignment. When you do things that come from the heart rather than from thinking about money and ego it's like people like this necklace I like this necklace a lot too let me make more of them and really finding out about what they do and understanding as the process went on I think that's the coolest part of it understanding what these talismans that what power they hold came for me as I created this business I didn't know immediately what it was that's why I know it's literally a gift from God saying, I want this power to come to people. I want people to feel empowered through these things. Because if you're listening, you're not familiar with Alchemy by LA. Basically, there's 72 names of God or the creator, 72 names of angels. And each name um, is a code. So the Hebrew alphabet is like a um, the code of creation kind of thing. It's the Aramaic alphabet. It's the code of creation. And when it's uh, put into certain sequences... It helps manifest things in the in in reality. The Kabbalistic teachings say that that's how God created the world through these sequences, these codes. Mm. Um, yeah, and symbolism is so much more powerful. I think that on my on our conversation next time, I want to talk about symbolism and like what's going on in the world with all that because yeah. symbolism is something that we don't give enough credence to, and our entire world is ruled by it. That's mm. where the power of these amulets come from. Yeah. And that's interesting. Jesus' language was Aramaic. That Aramaic. Was his, that's what he spoke. And 
the early Christians actually used a lot of talismans and, you know, in the first century, now it's kind of frowned upon. It's very frowned Mm -hmm. upon to Mm -hmm. use talismans and all these things. So, and I loved, I remember when you started your business and you sent me the balancing amulet and it just felt so special because of the meaning behind it. And also because it felt like you were connecting back to the ancients you know, you connect back to their language, exactly. to, you yeah. know, the way that they lived. If we look back on history, we learn and we uncover so many truths that in the modern era and the kind of closed off way we tend to look at spirituality, we don't, we don't open up to. And right. that's, I love that. And I think that's so, so powerful. And it's important to recognize that there's always a reason and an agenda behind something being taken away from the people, right? Because like with the Roman Catholic Church, the magic that was very prevalent in society was now it's only only the, again, teach me how to say that word, the clergy? Clergy. The clergy, yeah. (laughs) I'll remember eventually. (laughs) Not only clergymen can have the magic. Anybody who does magic outside of the church, it's blasphemy. Yeah. Right? So that's, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) that's kind of where our magic started being um, taken out of our own hands. And if anybody wants to read more about this, I recommend the book Real Magic by Dr. Dean Radin. Really good about all the history of magic. Awesome. And that's interesting. You know, the the Vatican has these libraries of a bunch of books and things that, you know, the average layperson, we obviously don't get access to. Mm-hmm. But in, in Catholicism, actually, there's a lot of mysticism, the rosary, praying the rosary right. and, and these visions and all that. And it's so much a part of our culture. Like you can look up on even on YouTube, like search um, interview with a with a mystic Catholic mystic. And yeah, it's a whole topic to talk about the mystics. And um, I believe in reading. Yeah. I believe in reading the Bible in a mystical sense, Mm -hmm. you know, and nowadays it's kind of more of a fundamental, like reading it really um, literally taking the Bible Mm -hmm. very literally. And I, Mm -hmm. as a little girl, I always saw it as like a magic book, you know, (laughs) and that was like like that, you know, (laughs) So let's see another question here. A lot of people are asking questions of stuff we already talked about, which is good. That is great. Yeah. We're in alignment, baby. (laughs) How to ignore your current reality when manifesting? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I get this question a lot. I'm not a fan of this question because our reality isn't meant to be ignored. That's again, that's suppressing it. That's resisting it. What you resist persists. So what you're doing by trying to ignore your current reality is literally manifesting more of it because you are resisting it. So the way that I manifest and the way that I found to be the most effective way to manifest is to be grateful for the present moment, no matter where you're at and to look at things a lot more deeply, like going to that spiritual side of law of attraction, like where you're at is a reflection of your current point of attraction what's been going on in your subconscious mind. So rather than ignoring, just do the work. Go deep into your subconscious mind. I recommend doing hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy, things like breath work, um, journaling, a lot of journaling, and really just acknowledging where you are, acknowledging what you're feeling, not ignoring them. Once you acknowledge them, then you can spend all your time visualize, visualizing what you want to happen. And then just aligning to that optimal mood, that emotion, finding in your life, like where I want to feel, I want to manifest this relationship. And in this relationship, I'm going to feel happy, loved, relief, 
relieved, um, stable, secure. How can I find those emotions in my life now? And looking for those rather than ignoring your current situation, looking for the emotions that you already want to feel and cultivating those emotions. Even if it's through journaling or scripting and making things up and pretending like you have, that's a manifestation method, Mm -hmm. but don't. Okay. So when people ask about ignoring their current reality, it's usually because they are so at the, at the whim of every emotion and every thought. And it's like they're being uh, tugged back and forth by all of these things. So it's all about just finding your center and finding a place within yourself that you can go to, to find equilibrium. Meditation will do this for you. 20 minutes of meditating in the morning and at night will do that for you. Don't ignore your situation. Work through it. Get through it. Not under it, not over it. Get through it. I hope that makes sense. And in the most loving way possible, I just don't want you to, to spiritually bypass your situation. (laughs) That is everything. Because I think that especially since spirituality and the law of attraction has become trendy now, there's a lot of misinformation out there about negative emotions. Like you're manifesting everything that's coming your way. Like don't be in a negative state. You're, that's why you're manifesting. And I've never believed that. You know, even though there's a lot of spiritual teachings and law of attraction teachings like Neville Goddard and things like that, that are like telling you just to feel good feelings, feel good. So people think that, okay, so that means I can't feel anything bad. If I'm feeling anything bad, it's my fault, you know, but you're saying go directly through it, go directly through the pain, those emotions. Acknowledge what, where you're at, why you're there. I have a video about this, about, I don't remember what it's called. I'll tell you how different. But basically, those emotions want to be acknowledged. And if they're not acknowledged, you're going to fear them. You're going to run away from them. And what you resist persists, and you're going to manifest more of it. Be with everything, be present with all of it. And negativity is a part of life. You don't have to exist there, but you can't ignore it. You can't ignore your darkness because then you'll be consumed by your darkness. And I think, and I think you would agree with me, Isabel, that my spiritual practice and my manifesting practice levels up when I'm, when I integrate those, that negativity, that sh- those shadows aspects when I go through it rather than ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times our manifestations come from the ego where we just want something, you know, to please our ego or to please other people or physical things like the house and the car. And there's nothing wrong with having desires. I always say, you know, you have your desires for a reason, totally. but mm-hmm. when we use manifestation in that sense, we kind of bypass everything we're meant to go through. So yeah, I, I think you and I have very similar, you know, viewpoints on that. Kyla asks how to permanently stay in a higher vibration level of consciousness. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we just talked about right now. My loves, we're human. We came here to do the opposite of that. Where we come from, we are in a permanently blissed out, loving vibration. Everything's perfect. We feel good all the time. We came here for a reason. We came here to to feel the opposite of that sometimes. And being permanently one way, the human being is not static. It can't be that way. Because if that it's that way, it becomes your baseline emotions. And then that doesn't even feel good anymore. And you're going to need a lot more in order to feel good. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it's literally like almost exactly as the last answer. It's not staying in a permanently good vibration. It's about knowing how to handle when you dip into the lows 
And knowing how to handle when you dip into the lows, when you're having a bad day is acceptance. The more I accept the lows, the less lows I have. The more I accept, you know, like right now, I'm just not feeling so good. Just not feeling great. So I'm going to do things to make myself feel good. I'm going to go on a walk in nature. I'm going to go play some music. I'm going to watch something I love to watch. I'm going to cook, make a good meal. It's just about raising your vibration steadily, slowly. Life is a balancing act. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to be, you're not going to feel one way for the rest of eternity. It's not why you came here. You came here to explore the full range of the human emotion, the human psyche. You came to explore every feeling, every emotion. And I think becoming the observer rather than the feeler when it comes to that. So you wake up in a bad mood or something happens and puts you in a bad mood rather than feeling and feeding it and be like, oh, poor me, I'm in a bad vibration. Like I'm going to manifest from here, just observing it and being like, okay, today, this is how I'm feeling. Let me just watch this and watch what happens. And then learning how to live your life in that way where Maybe when you're feeling that way, you take some time out for yourself to have like a self-care day or a self-care afternoon and not doing something super important during that, that, the time where you're feeling those lows and just working with your ebbs and flows, especially with, when we have more feminine energy or when we are female, those ebbs and flows are even more, you know, what I, I read, I think I may have told you this. I'm not sure mm-hmm. in the last conversation that women have you know a 28 day cycle or give or take a few days um and we experience all these different cycles within that cycle and then men or or, um males have it every day every 24 hours they go through all these cycles Mm -hmm. so as the human being it's natural for us to be feeling these ebbs and flows these contractions and expansions it's not it's natural it's normal wanting to be any other way is being like artificial intelligence, like a robot, like a cyborg. And that's not what we want here. That's not what we came here to be, to be. Yeah. Yeah. We're human and we we're, it's part of the human experience to feel all these emotions and not to run away from them, to learn from them. You know, here's a good question. Chloe asks, how do you deal with criticism and not take it personally? This is a good question. Um, well, for me with time, I've learned to laugh things off and to understand that people are only going to observe from their level of consciousness. So you know how we're always like commenting on each other's pictures and loving on each other and sending each other support and love. That's because that's the level of consciousness that we come from. If I was commenting negative things on somebody's YouTube video or pictures or whatever, it means something about my level of consciousness. It doesn't mean anything about the person that I'm actually talking about means nothing about them. It means this is what I'm seeing because this is where my level of consciousness is. So understanding that when somebody criticizes you, they're speaking from their own experience and to not put anybody on a pedestal to the point where you believe everything that they say because they said it is really important. Like I had this one friend where for some reason I grew up with her and for some reason her word to me was law. So anything she said, I just thought she had the best taste, the best judgment, the best morals. And anything she said, I was like, oh, that must be true. And when she would criticize me, I'd be like, that must be true because I trust everything. I trust her taste, right? 
And it took into our, our later, like our adult years, like about the last three or three or four years when I realized she doesn't really know everything. She doesn't, she doesn't, she's just speaking from her own experiences, especially as my, my consciousness expanded. And I saw further than her state of consciousness, right on the outskirts of it. I realized I, I put her on a pedestal and her opinion on a pedestal for so long that I took her word as law that I just accepted everything that she said. It, it took me some time to just understand that people don't know anything. No <laughs> one knows anything. I know nothing. I'm just speaking from my own experience and my state of consciousness. That's it. So not to give them so much credit, mm-hmm. to give people's opinions and what they're saying credit. They're coming from where they're coming from. They see what they see in their lives. What they commented about you, what, what criticism or whatever they're saying about you, that's, that's what they see in their world. And that's it. Mm. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, it is. Because I think a lot of times people go into the everyone is you pushed out thing. And they're like, okay. And, and whenever I get criticism, which, you know, being online, we get so much yeah. criticism. And it's not about, you know, letting it get you in a lower vibration or letting it affect you, but I often think, okay, what is this meant to teach me? You know, um, what is this meant to do for me? And in the past, the way I've dealt with criticism was I use it as fuel. Person says I'm a failure. I think I got a comment the other day saying I was a nutcase, something like that. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like at first, like, you know, your ego is like, right. Like, what does this mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you start to question yourself, but then you're like, okay, well I have to accept that you're going to get some negativity and that's part of it. And um, not to let it affect you because people don't really know who you are. You know, they're forming an idea of what they see on a screen or in listening to. And that's something that you have to not let affect your ego. I always think whatever negativity or criticism is thrown at you. Yes. You could say everyone is you pushed out, which I have, you know, my own ideas on that, but (laughs) Yeah, you can always look at it from, okay, it's not affecting me, my higher self, it's my ego that wants to please everyone that wants to be in control. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said in the start too, just seeing every, see everything and everybody as your teacher. Every single thing that happens to you as your teacher, there's always something to learn. That's what the human being likes to do. We see something and like, well, what does this say about me? (laughs) This girl posted this on her story. This guy posted, what does that mean about me? Mm-hmm. That could be really destructive, but it could, we could hijack it and we could make it a really powerful self-development tool. Like, what does this say about me? Well, it means that I'm still worthy. I'm still lovable. And I'm still, I still love and accept myself regardless of what this person says. That's what this means about me. Mm-hmm. Taking that as an exercise in, in still being good to yourself, no matter what somebody else says. Beautiful. And I think that you are a great example of that, of just living your truth and being unapologetically yourself. Because I have seen in the past when people were trying to, you know, say stuff about you and it was just like, <laughs> and you keep going, you keep you know, moving forward. And, and I love that. You just so unapologetically you. And I think that that goes to show a lot about your spiritual awakening, your practices that they actually do work and they resonate. I, I'm Thank a person. You. Yeah, of course. I think you're so strong and, and your strength is very much in a feminine way because you're not like F the haters, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Like I'm doing me. Kind of <laughs> you're just you. You're like, you're just so 
relaxed same about as it. you my love exactly the same <laughs> see that's that reflection right there you see yeah. what you what what you perceive that's it yeah it's <laughs> true <laughs> so uh, this is a good question I got um, I actually got this in DM um, about knowing that you enjoy wine or coffee on some occasion what is your view on alcohol and spirituality and all these different things Ah, funny because I am day two no caffeine right now. Oh, well, this is a hot chocolate, but I, I know that so good. cacao has a little bit of caffeine, but I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that everything in moderation, honestly. Um, about alcohol, I have a video about why I quit drinking. What it actually should be called is why I quit getting drunk. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that nobody should be getting drunk. And this is coming from somebody who loves to drink. I love alcohol. I love it. I love a drink with dinner or three or four or five. (laughs) I love it. But I had to stop because I realized what I was doing to me. I realized what I was doing to my vibration. I I have a very metaphysical, mystical perspective on it, esoteric perspective on it, which is that it does allow our souls kind of leave a little bit and allows room for lower vibrational beings to come play. So think about how like alcohol is called spirits. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of um, ancient knowledge says that these lower vibrational beings like to hang out around places where um, people are drinking because they can literally take your body out for a joy ride through experience, through years of experience of having that happen to me. I just realized like, I can't let this happen anymore because I want to be here. I love the earth so much. I love humanity so much. I love my physical experience so much. I no longer want to leave my body and give it to somebody else to use for a little bit. So that's my perspective on that. And I know it's super esoteric, but it's just really what I have experienced. The last time that I got super, super, super drunk was about two years ago. And that's when I really, because I was so like popped open after the first time in Rhythmia that I felt my soul leaving and I felt something else that wasn't me taking over my body. Mm. And after that, I was like, yeah, this is not happening anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. But I do still have like a glass of wine here or there. Um, I just, I really do enjoy it. I do feel it the next day. I don't get hung over anymore because I'm, I'm, I moderate so much, but really when I've, I've noticed when you're in a high frequency, the next day you won't be affected by, by that one drink or two drink as much with use over time here and there. I do think it has personally, I've seen an effect on my frequency. So I'm trying to cut back again. Just don't get drunk. Have a drink. <laughs> Have a couple of drinks. Just don't get drunk. Don't don't give uh spirit. Don't give lower vibrational beings access to your body. And with caffeine, I think Aaron told me about this. How um, Eckhart Tolle or Tolle? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I say yeah. Tolle. I never know. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle. He was sitting at a cafe and somebody came up to. He's drinking coffee and somebody came up to him and he goes, "Like I can't believe you're drinking coffee. You're Eckhart Tolle." And he was like, "Well, why? I can't." I'm too spiritual to sit and enjoy a cup of coffee. Why did I come to earth then? Like, why am I here then? (laughs) Like, no, enjoy what you want to enjoy. If it has negative side effects for you, like coffee gives me anxiety, well, maybe you should, you know, rework your relationship with it. But Mm -hmm. I think, so that's why I'm quitting caffeine personally. I'm going to only allow myself to have it two times a month, which I like to give myself challenges like that. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And I think spirituality is about being open, open minded to different things and not judging other people if they do want to, you know, indulge. And I personally, I'm in the same school of thought as you. I I don't like to get drunk. My body just doesn't take it. And this is coming from a person who went to university in New Orleans. And I was every day, every day, it's just part of the culture over there. And I was drunk and, oh, and that, that, that's kind of like where my spiritual awakening came up because yeah. I was partying and drinking to quell other things that I was ignoring. The fact that I was living a life that wasn't true to who I truly was. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of aspects. I'm in the same. I like, I like wine. I like tequila. I don't drink vodka. I don't drink, you know, all these things, but I love it all. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's nice. And you know, it's part of our culture. So mm-hmm. um, it's natural. So don't feel don't judge yourself yeah. too much for it. Exactly. So. Have a drink with dinner. <laughs> Just don't get drunk. Yeah, don't get drunk. It's not good for it's it's a toxin, you know? So last question I want to ask you, because you have been so wonderful and this has been such a great talk. So last question is how are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better now after this whole conversation. I'm feeling great. Good. Really. Yeah. I'm I'm good. Everything's good. Everything's lovely. I'm doing my my Venus retrograde class right now. And that's been really fun. That's been a challenge, something new for me. Um, taking on a hundred people like privately. It's been interesting. I want to do something like that soon since, you know, we're thinking about traveling and doing meet and greets. I think this would be a good way to do that, you know, from home. Totally. Totally. And so it's a more intimate group. You can get to know people a little bit more. I think the best part of it is they get to know each other. You do these breakout groups and they get to know. So doing that on Monday night just really made me so fulfilled and so happy. So I'm basically just waiting all week for the next one. <laughs> awesome. Are you going to have more openings soon for those who want to join? Or are you going to continue doing this in the future? We'll see. I'm going to see. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how, how it ends up. I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be good. And probably we'll do it again. This one's specific to Venus retrograde. So it, it Venus goes back direct. June 25th and then goes back into retrograde until sometime in August. So maybe we'll do another round of it. Awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lior. Honestly, like you are my soul sister. We can talk for hours on these things uh, about these topics. And um, it's always so much. I learn so much from you whenever I like I intently listen to everything you say because it's so eye-opening. So thank you so much for giving us part of your precious time. We know you're a busy woman and doing so much. So just want to say I'm proud of you for everything you do and every in every which way you impact us. And honestly, sometimes when I'm not feeling so great, I turn on one of your videos or I turn on Aaron's videos or something. (laughs) You two, like I don't watch any, I don't really watch other than Ralph Smart, Infinite Waters, Uh but you two, since I know you guys personally and I've been around your energy, I feel like I trust, I can trust what you guys are saying and I know it comes from the heart. So thank you for your content. Mm -hmm. It helps us so much. And is there any last little tidbit you want to leave the audience with before we sign off? Oh, yes. Just be really, really nice to yourself right now. I know things are a little bit, um, kind of a little bit frightful sometimes. Even I experience it, you know, and just keep going back to being nice to yourself and being good to other people. And you're going to be fine. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be great. 
we're going to make it out of this. We're in this together and we got this. We really got this. And thank you for having me, Isabel. And you have to come back to conversations. So that's, that's what I'm calling it for now. Conversation. Conversations. I like that. Yes. I like that. <laughs> I <think that's> <laughs> so it naturally got its name. Conversations. Exactly. Perfect. That's what I wanted. I wanted it to be a natural thing. I love that. It's perfect. So I will be on there soon. And if you guys haven't watched that, we talked about the Divine Feminine. It's over on Lior's channel on YouTube. And we dove into early Christianity, Mary Magdalene, all these topics that we usually don't touch on. So yeah, I can't wait for another round of that. And of course, I'd love to have you back on Taking Back Your Power. So good to be back already. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lior. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. And always remember this, my beautiful angels, no matter who you may be in this life, no matter what you may be going through, your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. I love you guys. I love you, Lior. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right.